Uh, hello and good morning. Hello and good afternoon. Where you following this podcast from? This is Colin Swafola. Uh, in this podcast, Nuclear Energy is the Better Podcast. And uh, today we have been joined in by a Polish biologist. Uh, she's called Jula Galosh. So, uh, Jula, uh, can you just say hi to the podcast, the people? Hi everyone, I'm so glad to be here with you today. Uh, yes, and I, I hope we will have a great conversation about environmental problem, problems and maybe more about environmental solutions uh, and of course nuclear energy, where it is in this whole picture. Wow, amazing, amazing. So um, somebody might ask and want to know a, a little bit more about uh, Miss Jula. So um, I met Miss Jula in uh, 2021 when we were at the Bra- Berlin Bar- Brandesberg Gate, when we went uh, for an international startup for nuclear event uh, just to stop uh, Germany to stop uh, 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 to stop Germany's decision to uh, in closing down uh, its last six nuclear uh, uh, nuclear reactors. Yeah. So um, from there, actually, um, you know, just uh, getting to know uh, people are doing, you know, uh, working with Vota for Climate. She's been working with Vota for Climate and also, yeah, and also uh, as a climate, um, you know, as a youth, uh, uh, she was um, uh, the leader, one of the leaders in one of the climate, uh, you know, climate organizations and uh, from there actually you find out that um, the knowledge of uh, you know having environmentalist and climate um, environmentalist and a nuclear advocate it brings a very strong case for nuclear so uh, Miss Jula can you uh, please just tell a little bit more about yourself and your driving force to make the world a better place Yes, of course, Collins. Thank you for this introduction. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm a young biologist. I'm still learning, so that's why I'm calling myself a young scientist or young biologist. Uh, I, I'm still uh, at the university. Uh, but my main field that I work with is ecology in general. Um, and actually, uh, as ecologist or uh, young biologist or young scientist, uh, it's really important for me to uh, work with climate change and actually try to tackle the, the problem. Uh, because from childhood I wanted to become biologist, and, but uh, you know, as in life, the path was full of turns. And when I uh, discovered that uh, we are dealing with extinction of uh, species, I, I had this uh, really low point where, where I thought that um, Yeah, we we should do something about that. And um, after that, I thought that I should start my academical journey, academical experience and uh, and start to to learn about the biology and ecology and actually every field that is within the biology uh, to try to to tackle the climate change and the mass extinction uh, of species. And also on the way, I uh, found that uh, found out that uh, I love humanity and culture and and people in general, and uh, it's amazing that we managed to build uh, so so big, you know, um, society, uh, and we discovered amazing things. We uh, we learned how to cure the. Um, 
the illness and uh, and it's amazing but at the same time on the other hand we are destroying our environment and uh, it's just it just doesn't sound right to me so uh, i tried to uh, work on that um, as activist uh, and that's how i ended uh, somehow i ended in um, youth climate change uh, near working with a ministry of climate uh, and environment in poland so we had a possibility to change things uh, from the central part uh, of of the country actually uh, yeah and right now i'm working with photo for climate organization it's uh, the foundation that um, works in poland and also is a part of uh, replanet so uh, so that's where i am right now and at the same time i'm trying to conduct my research i was conducting my research in uh, tropical areas in tropical forest and of course it was on biodiversity all right. Um, you know, as as um, as a young uh, as a young scientist and biologist, um, what do you feel? What do you feel uh, the world needs to take into consideration to save humanity? And, and maybe before that, I will ask you a question. Um, a question regarding um, nuclear energy, and because you find out that uh, many people, and especially uh, being an environmentalist and traditional environmentalism, and uh, worst of it all, uh, traditional environmentalism in Germany and also near near Europe. And, uh, you know, what is it that made you actually to uh, look into nuclear energy and uh, beat out all the other myths that people have uh, concerning nuclear energy? Uh, so when I saw the first nuclear power plant in my entire life, I was amazed uh, that we could build that, you know, as humanity with our hands and our brains. And on such a small land, we can manage to produce so great amounts of energy, which is really uh, important for me as a biologist, environmentalist. Uh, I want to save the, the land because we need the land for agriculture to live somewhere. And of course, one of uh, the most important uh, parts to uh, leave it for the nature and uh, that was amazing for me just amazing and uh, you know when we talk about climate change we have to think about the ways of decarbonizing the um, the energy mix uh, so within nuclear it's possible and we can uh, actually put nuclear instead of coal in our energy mix and uh, you know we can just switch it which is amazing because nuclear has low emissions and um, leaves the land untucked so we can leave it for the people and for the nature and uh, also it's it's good for the climate in general so so it's amazing in right now in europe we um, we are dealing with energy crisis um, because and it's one of the causes but uh, one of the causes is uh, that germany um, turned their back on nuclear so uh, i think people right now are seeing quite well that we need something um, that is stable in the base of uh, energy mix 
of energy system. So uh, we have to uh, talk about nuclear, we have to think about the nuclear because it's great technology and it can lead us to um, net zero, it can lead us to uh, lower land use, uh, but of course renewables are also important because many environmentalists uh, are uh, accusing us that uh, we are only for nuclear and we want to destroy the renewables. And that's not true. We have to decarbonize as fast and as safely as possible. So uh, we have to remember about the people. We have to remember about the energy for the hospitals, for the... Um, for the people in general, we have to somehow live our life without destroying the nature. And nuclear power is the perfect solution to that. We have to um, combine it with renewables and try to eliminate the coal from our energy system. So that's why me as young environmentalists, uh, I, I have basically switched to, to be for nuclear instead of against. But still, I think there is a really long way to go because some of the environmentalists, they are against the nuclear power because they do... I don't want to say that they do not see the bigger picture, but we have to think like that. We have to think about the, the whole planet and each person living in our world to try to give them the possibility to live uh, the good life, you know, to a prosperous life uh, and at the same time uh, leave the nature and try to support the nature. Not, not only leave, try to support the nature and rewild and, uh, and try to find the solutions to that. Yeah, and, and uh, you, you have just mentioned about rewilding and, uh, you know, uh, looking at uh, the planet. And uh, this brings me to, uh, you know, Replanet. Replanet um, uh, was actually born from the other side, uh, uh, the, 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 the Berlin Brandesburg uh, event. Uh, from there, actually, uh, uh, you know, environmentalists uh, and also uh, nuclear advocates, they came and sat together and say, okay, what can we do? Uh, we need to have, um, you know, the planet needs to, uh, to to have nuclear energy and also needs to have renewable energy and also use uh, agriculture. I mean, uh, agriculture so as to uh, just elevate humanity. So uh, I, will rather, uh, I will ask you a question um, about our planet. Uh, maybe you can just uh, give a little more so that other people can also know about the planet and also what you are doing um, um you know uh replanet um Deutschland, i think Deutschland, or just water for climate i don't know uh, maybe you can just give and, and shed more light on that okay uh, of course so replanet is uh, an organization which associate organizations within the countries so uh, we have participants from all over the world and we had we share the common um, vision how to save the climate, save the planet and elevate the humanity. Actually, our um, the, the main thought that we are leading is um, elevate, the, liberate the nature, elevate liberate humanity. The nature. Sorry. <laughs> 
liberate right. nature elevate humanity yeah. yes exactly so so that's what we want to uh, to show people that we have the solutions that the technology uh, can lead us to liberating nature and elevating the humanity and uh, that's why we also um, are for nuclear power that that's why we are talking about the agriculture we about uh, land use uh, and about the food production because we also have a campaign reboot food um, and it's basically all about brewing the um, the food instead of slaughtering the animals so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that the technology brings us uh, many solutions, but we just have to change our approach towards the technology and maybe not th try to stop thinking as much about degrowth. Of course, it's also needed, but in a smaller um, like in a smaller amount than we are uh, trying to, to show it right now. And, but and but maybe think a little bit more about elevating the humanity and liberating the nature at the same time, having the technology to do that. Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, you find out that um, uh, maybe as a young uh, biologist, um, one thing is uh, uh, just um, we, we are looking forward to uh, stopping uh, extinction, uh, the sixth mass extinction. And uh, somebody might just want to uh, to understand a little bit more about biodiversity because um, people will not uh, look forward, uh, will not, um, uh, is it called looking after? Uh, just protecting, actually. Uh, people will not protect uh, something uh, that they do not um, you know, see the value in it. Uh, people will not actually uh, protect the trees if they don't see the value of the trees. So uh, what can you um, if, uh, just uh, lead people to, uh, to know? I mean, uh, uh, they need to know about the environment, about uh, what surrounds them so that uh, they can uh, protect it so that uh, at the end of the day uh, when we are talking about uh, saving and uh, you know liberating nature uh, people will uh, just uh, you know, it will be easier for, for the people to um, protect the environment and protect um, uh, nature so um, can just give a little bit uh, a little bit more about that also okay so um to make it as simple as possible, uh, we have to start from that that we are living on Earth. Yes, we. <laughs> I think everyone knows that, uh, and uh, we are part of global trophic net. And what is a trophic net? It's a net that shows the um, connection between species. And sometimes it's only between two, sometimes it's between four, and sometimes it's between billions of species. So yeah, yeah. it depends uh, what perspective we want to, to take on this trophic net. And we are part of many of them as human species. We are part of many of them, but uh, in terms of global trophic net, we can imagine it as a spider web. So everything is connected somehow, directly or indirect, indirectly, uh, and we are somewhere in between. And when you imagine this spider web and uh, when you try to touch it in one place, the whole web starts to shake. So you can yeah, imagine yeah. that uh, deleting one or two species from the whole 
trophic net can make a difference but it's sometimes it's also um, you know it's also okay for the whole net of course there are um, different points of this uh, different sides of this issue but for now we can we can think like that but if you yeah. dele delete the um, many species from from the net mm -hmm. it starts mm -hmm. to fall and actually it can yeah. be almost totally destroyed so yeah. If we think about the global trophic net like that, maybe it's easier to imagine how uh, important it is for us to save the species, because the species that are in one net with us are saving us, directly or indirectly. And also, higher diversity means higher stability. So the global biodiversity, if it's high, it means that for us everything is should be fine we should be safe but and, and everything should be quite stable but if the diversity global biodiversity is low the stability is also lower so we have to think about the biodiversity uh, and humanity as two things which are connected because we are part of biodiversity human species is a species so mm, so we are part of this global biodiversity and also that's that's why we should take care of it and besides that um, the mass extinction sixth mass extinction that we are dealing with right now uh, it's uh, because of our species so there is an, also a moral duty <laughs> that we, we should save the uh, the species, we should save the environment, and we should save the climate, um, because we you shouldn't destroy something just like that because of your own needs. Yes, so so we have moral duty on us also to to do that, but uh, we should think about many different sides of the uh, of the problem. Because in, in this uh, whole global uh, problem, there are people, there are species, like animal species. We are also um, a <laughs> species of animal, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but in general, we, we have to think about each aspect of the problem and try to find the solution that leads us to, um, to tackle the climate change and the biodiversity loss. Uh, and it's not easy, and I don't think that there is one simple solution how to do that. But we have to work together and try to uh, work beyond the borders, and uh, yeah. yeah, and try to try to find solutions for different regions because also the needs of the people and the environment in different regions are different. So. It's it's really hard uh, hard topic, but I think uh, we we can find solutions to that. Yeah, and um, um, one time I I shared uh, with you there is a bird that flew from I think Nairobi, I flew from Nairobi and uh, flew up to I think Poland. I flew from Nairobi to Poland. I don't know how many days it took. 
Uh, so for instance, um, there is uh, that bar that goes to a different region. It has crossed borders. It has gone so far. So uh, do you think uh, it will be like an introduced species in another region and um, maybe an invasive spirit, uh, species? Sorry, Can it be like an invasive species whereby it can um, destabilize the ecosystem in uh, like Poland? Uh, it's quite a hard question because to like a species to become the uh, invasive alien species it has to at first it has to be an alien species so it has to be taken from one place to another or it has to um, it has to go from one place to another and then it has to survive and thrive there on the place so it depends because some uh, species have the um, the possibility maybe to to become invasive alien species and the possibility is higher than within another but uh, it depends the situation is quite dynamic because uh, there are many um, conditions that we have to consider uh, for example how uh, how the local community of um, animals will react to uh, to that species or how the the community like human community will react for this species so it depends uh, but that's why we have to uh, monitor the the problem of invasive alien species i'm glad that you bring it up because i i totally forgot about that um Yes, it's also something that we have to think about, especially when we are uh, traveling from one country to another, to not bring the animals or plants, because plants also can be invasive alien species, even though they don't walk or they, uh, they, they are not moving in the way that we are thinking about the animals, but yeah. they can be really... Um, really dangerous for uh, local plants communities and also for the animals for the people so we have to think about that and we have to and um, yeah try to if we see a species that is uh, not non-native for the region and if we can identify it we should check in the internet uh, if it's invasive alien species if it's alien species or maybe it's native species but we just don't know if it is uh, and uh, the local um, government should act on invasive alien species too to um, to take care of the native species that are in the region yeah and uh, one of the times uh, that I've been uh, advocating for nuclear energy I went uh, I met I met with some um, uh, one environmentalist and uh, one argument that he said uh, was about the adapt adaptation uh, like for instance we have a, a nuclear power plant so he was against nuclear power and uh, what he asked is what about the species that live um, you know where the water has been sent so I uh, uh, since uh, he was uh, saying uh, that uh, this water is hot of, of which I told him it's uh, it's cooled uh, but uh, his argument is uh, that this water will it goes there uh, it will uh, have some a different it will breed some a different kind of species so uh, what, what do you say about um, uh, that because um, you know like for instance near a nuclear uh, a power facility the waste water not the waste water but uh, the cooled water the um, 
you understand uh, the water that has been uh, released to the to the to the um, maybe the river or the near the ocean uh, is it a very 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 uh, um, uh, you know safe for the environment near it depends on the um, on the place and uh, on you know on the case because we it we can talk about uh, it in general but it depends on the case because different technology brings different um, you know possible uh, impact for the environment so um, but in general you know we have to consider pros and cons as every time and uh, if this environmentalist that you were talking with says that we shouldn't invest in nuclear power at all because it can cause like uh, i don't know bringing the um, invasive alien species somehow or uh, can destroy the environment uh, in general he is wrong just just wrong this person is wrong uh, because we have to consider pros and cons of the case and in general the um, the most dangerous part of um, of the the climate change is the temperature change and the change of the uh, co2 concentration in the atmosphere so we have to try to decarbonize as quickly and as i said previously as quickly and as safe as possible and we have to use different technologies in different way in different places and try to adjust the technology to the place where we want to implement it so we we shouldn't speak we shouldn't generalize we we should we should speak on the numbers we should speak about the numbers we should speak about the facts and uh, you know obviously we sometimes it's easier to generalize but at the end of the day we should use the numbers we should use the facts and uh, the specific case to say if it's safe or it's not safe if it's good or bad and uh, to be honest the uh, nuclear technology is um, really advanced technology so we have ways to deal with um, almost every problem um, using the the different types of reactors or um, like different types of the nuclear technology yeah indeed and uh one thing uh, uh we have uh, even the examples uh, examples um you know people uh, need uh, uh, facts and and the fact one of the facts is uh, that uh, they can they can look at diablo canyon at uh, diablo canyon uh, which is in the united states of america so uh, uh, the nature that is uh, you know thriving outside it's really 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 uh, uh, very very great and uh, this beats every perception about uh, you know the, the released water which will affect the, uh, the the environment near and so on so forth so um you know when you're in the line of advocacy all of these things uh we we meet there and uh, we'll have just to uh you know 
to let and beat all these myths uh, so that people will um, not be afraid of nuclear energy. Yeah, uh, so um, you, um, most of the times you find uh, that uh, people are talking about nuclear and especially, uh, let me just say, all of us are talking about nuclear energy and talking about climate change. And you find out that uh, even uh, those, uh, the, the policies and uh, the, uh, everything to do with uh, uh, policy, even the policy makers, they will want to know and understand a little bit more about nuclear energy and, the, and climate change. So they want uh, the solutions to climate change. And uh, we are here and you're saying climate ch- uh, nuclear energy uh, is there to solve climate change. So uh, how is it connected nuclear and, uh, the, and climate change? So uh, nuclear power, it, okay, so maybe annually as humanity, we want to produce the energy and uh-huh. in order to that, we are putting mm-hmm. great amounts of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. And carbon, di- carbon dioxide is not transparent in 100%, uh, and that's why it creates the, um, the global warming effect. So if we put more and more of it to the atmosphere, we will be heating the planet more and more. And nuclear power, uh, actually, it doesn't use coal, so it doesn't put the nuclear, the carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. And uh, it, it has lo- really low emissions, because actually all the emissions from nuclear power uh, are from the process of building the power plant. Uh, and afterwards, uh, we don't have to use the, um, the coal and we don't have to burn it and we don't have to put the greater amounts of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. So by not putting the carbon dioxide to the atmosphere, we are tackling the climate change. Uh, so it's, that's, that's basically it. We are not heating the planet more and more and we are saving the emissions that we would have to put to the atmosphere in order to get the energy. Yeah, and um, you find out that um, carbon four oxide, uh, more of carbon four oxide in the atmosphere, uh, really uh, is uh, uh, a menace. Uh, a menace, I think. And um, when you look at the life cycle emission of uh, carbon four oxide uh, when it produced ele- produced electricity, uh, you find out that it's about eight hundred and twenty grams per kilowatt hour. While uh, for nuclear, uh, it is um, 12 grams uh, per kilowatt hour. And, 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 and um, uh, this just uh, brings uh, the, the knowledge that um, it is um, low carbon electricity. Uh, but somebody might want to uh, know about decarbonization. Does decarbonization take away this carbon in the atmosphere or it makes uh, 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 it's a way of reducing this uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere? So how, how is it? Okay, so in, in general, we at first we want to stop putting the carbon dioxide to the atmosphere because we cannot think about um, collecting the carbon dioxide yet because we are putting great amounts to the atmosphere. So it's easier to just shut down the um, 
the emissions, try to try to cancel the emissions and try to put less carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. Afterwards, uh, there are plans to collect somehow the carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, but the technology uh, is still on, on the way to, to develop. So uh, to be honest, I, I don't know uh, where it is right now because we have the the problem with emissions from uh, energy sector and also from agriculture so so we have to tackle these problems first and then think about the way to um, to collect the carbon dioxide from the atmosphere um, and uh, also, I think it's uh, it's really important to uh, change the energy system because, for example, in Poland there is uh, this way of thinking that we have coal for next 200 of years, which is not true actually, <laughs> because maybe maybe they they have estimated that we have this coal in mines or underground for 200 of years, but it will be really difficult to get it out and in yeah. many regions of the world we are running out of coal so yeah. excluding the climate change problem we also have to think about the technology that will lead us to uh, energetic safety without consuming yeah. the the coal for now because yeah, sure. Obviously, someone can uh, can ask um, that or say that we uh, still have uh, sun and wind and hydropower, mm -hmm. so we can use that. But it would require the the growth from us and actually a really uh, difficult uh, path of the growth because it's for now for the technology that we have currently it's quite hard to uh, collect this amount of energy that we need on daily basis from uh, only renewables so we have to use something stable in the base of um, energetic system uh, and it can be either natural gas coal or nuclear so obviously in terms of climate change um, we are advocating for um, nuclear because coal and, uh, and natural gas are causing the emissions so we don't want to heat up the planet more than it is right now yeah and um, <clears throat> like um, let me let me just uh, take you a little a little um, uh, not back but little into africa <laughs> Uh, because uh, we get South Africa, they uh, they have uh, oil, uh, not oil actually, but they have uh, so much coal. Uh, coal, sorry. So uh, you find out that South Africa has too much coal, and this coal, uh, they use this technology uh, to uh, uh, no uh, to prov uh, provide electricity and above uh, all this it provides uh, jobs for the people and uh, people will re really want to uh, use coal instead of even other technologies because they say a uh, coal is providing them uh, jobs and um, to uh, change the minds actually it's it's taking uh, so many so many uh, no political political uh, turns uh, that people are saying that um 
uh, it's only the West who wants to control uh, the, the Africans uh, about uh, about uh, using coal. I mean, uh, what would you advise them uh, so that they understand that it is not uh, uh, a way uh, of uh, maybe turning the minds uh, because climate change, when it's, uh, you know, uh, whatever happens in South Africa, um, if they pollute in South Africa, even uh, Poland will be affected. Uh, so how, how, how can you advise them? How can you advise them? Is a really important part of uh, of the whole global issue that we are of or, or problem maybe that we are dealing with right now the people and I also mentioned it uh, at the beginning of of the podcast that we have to think about human beings so uh, I'm glad that you bring it up. Uh, because if we want to close the mines, the coal, coal mines, we have to think of the way of providing the um, jobs for uh, for the people that were working there. Because uh, sometimes uh, these families uh, are working in mines for generations, and they, you know, my grandpa was working in mine, I am working in mine, and my son will be working in mine. So um, they are thinking like that and we have to provide them uh, with education and also the possibilities of, uh, of work and uh, of getting money because you have to eat something, you have to work somewhere and you have to dress in uh, something. So we have to remember about these people because um, they they are really important in this whole uh, in this whole global problem but uh, there are many possibilities of um, for example i don't know tourism ecotourism that are um, blooming right now and you can see in uh, each part of the world that uh, they are um, trying to um, start with this ecotourism projects or um, or companies or things like that sometimes and actually unfortunately in in most times it's greenwashing but if it's um, done correctly uh, it can save the uh, the environment locally and it can provide the work for um, local people so there are possibilities but we have to be really um, conscious and we have to uh, think about each side of the problem and try to find the jobs for the people that were working in mines so they can change the uh, so they can change the uh, the job and without uh, having problems with um, money with food and accommodation because uh, it's really important to give them something in, instead but uh, it it depends on the um, on the people and on the region so one more time globally it's quite easy to uh, to say and quite easy to find a solution because it will be a general solution but locally you have to think about the people that are living in the region but it's really important to give them something instead yeah sure and uh one one fact is that um uh climate change if we uh, uh don't act fast uh, it's going to 
a cause mass extinction and and um was somebody um called Carl Sagan um was uh, just um you know saying about um looking at an extensive way looking at an extensive way the years um because the years you find out that the world came to existence about 4.56 uh, 4.5 4.6 billion let me say like uh, about 4.6 billion years ago and then you find out uh, all these uh, you know the the um, the the era the eons the eras the e- 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 epochs and uh, the periods and so on so forth uh, it's looking at um, the world and the planet at an extensive way and uh, it is inevitable to talk about an e- e- extinction and and somebody might say extinction is going to happen if you say it's going to happen in the next 70 million years uh, in the next 70 million years uh, somebody might say i uh, that's too far we'll not be there uh, so uh, is there any chance i mean is there any chance uh, that there is uh, going to be a mass extinction if the current climate emergency is not addressed properly Uh, yes, there is a really high possibility of that and actually some scientists are uh, saying that we are currently dealing with the sixth mass extinction. Uh, sometimes it's, it can be misleading and also the, the, the amount of um, species that we have on Earth is probably underestimated because in tropical areas we still we, we haven't classified these animals and the species that are in tropical areas and there this is the center of bio, of world biodiversity in in general so um, yes but we are dealing with that right now because of the land use and because of the climate change obviously but also um because of the biodiversity loss and uh, you know it's uh, it's a path that where every step is connected with another so if one species goes extinct another that was connected with the first species can also go extinct so there are many sides of of this uh, problem but also something that uh, is in my opinion not addressed properly um, is the carbon dioxide concentration in the atmosphere which uh, affects the metabolic paths of organisms we we know hypoxia Uh, when we we don't have enough oxygen for our body like a human body and then we we have hallucinations or things like that and our metabolic paths are disturbed uh, and actually when uh, the um, concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere will grow if it will grow hopefully not and but it may cause um, a huge difference in the metabolic paths of organisms that we can't um, try to you know uh, we we can't say what will happen if that happens if the metabolic paths will um, will change so uh, yeah i think there is a really high possibility of us having the the sixth mass extinction if we are not dealing with it right now 
Uh, there are yeah. different approaches of scientists and also uh, like the, the, the science, the difference between uh, science and uh, religion is that uh, scientists are not uh, using the, the right to the ultimate truth. Uh, so they are still uh, arguing with each other and conducting the research, most importantly, uh, to try to find out if we are dealing with that. But living planet index is getting lower and lower, so the numbers are not lying. We are dealing with the extinction for sure. With mass extinction depends on the definition of mass extinction, uh, but uh, but yes, we uh, we have to think about that and about a way to, to stopping the um, the biodiversity loss. And afterwards, we have to find the solution to restore the the biodiversity. And do you think agriculture can uh, cause uh, can be one of the ways uh, that uh, can harness or can fasten um, uh, uh, biodiversity loss yes yes 100 for 100% it's uh, because the agriculture use the land and um, we know how it works you, you have to have land to plant something on that uh, and right now because we have so many people on the planet we have to produce more food it's obvious And also, not only because we have so many people on the planet, but also because uh, we um, are consuming more and more, uh, not only food, but in this, uh, in this case, uh, food. Uh, and we are using the food that is um, better quality than it was in the past centuries. So, uh, and also we are buying things um, like food in, in shops and then throwing it away because uh, the, the shelf life is, or the, the date is expired. So uh, we are um, not, um, we are not using the uh, whole food that we, uh, we have, but we have to produce more and more and we have to use more and more land. So we have to take this land from somewhere. And usually we are using the land that um, was previously um, left for the species. Animals, plants, microorganisms in general. And we have to take from them, from the nature, to plant the... Um, the plants to feed the animals or anything actually connected with agriculture so that's also why we have to try to change or convert the food system uh, and try to spare some land for the nature and as a youth as a youth uh, who has uh, been talking about climate change and, and also mentioned uh, about um, Uh, you uh, is it uh, climate youth you are a leader in mm -hmm. one of the of the organizations I don't know it's climate youth, youth climate council by the Ministry of climate yeah. and environment yes that was yeah it. yeah that word has really I've really tried to remember but I've, it's really hard I, I've not hard as in uh, uh, to remember actually let me say it's been hard to remember I've tried to remember I've tried to remember I, Yeah. So as a youth, 
and uh, you have uh, actually uh, spoken uh, extensively um, about um, uh, the the climate so how can others uh, how can other youth uh, transform uh, the energy systems of the world how can they uh, you know join the force and also uh, transform uh, the energy systems of the world Uh, it's quite hard to uh, for youth to transform the energy system, uh, world energy system, uh, because we don't have money, you know, the money is winning in that case. But we are bold and we are we have the power to address the problem. Uh, and we are going to the streets, we are um, shouting that it is our future that... Um, the the politicians or uh, the big oil companies are messing with so they have to also think about us you know and about of course uh, all the people that cannot speak for themselves and not only people but all the living uh, organisms that cannot speak for themselves Um, so, so we have this uh, power and we, we are bold but we also have to act wisely and we have to Um, like think about each aspect of the problem because it's easy to shout big words you know um, in the street but it's quite hard to um, find the solution and to uh, you know be for the um, the solution to climate change or to any other uh, problem And it's quite hard also for, for youth because uh, sometimes the, uh, I would say adults, but I'm also an adult, so I don't know how to, <laughs> how to uh, call this group of people. But the, the people that are the decision makers, they don't want to listen to us because we are, um, they, they say that we are uh, unexperienced, that we are, uh, sometimes even they, they say that we are stupid uh, or we are just young and we have this, you know, this... We don't have proper education and they shouldn't be listening to us. And we don't have money, so they, they shouldn't be listening to us. But we have to find a way to talk with these people and to try to convince them that there is a problem. And we have a solution. Maybe it's good solution, maybe it's bad solution. Let's sit together at the table and let's talk about that. I think it's really important to have this long, sometimes hard conversations on the problem that we are having, that we are currently dealing with, because that's the way how you can find the solution. When you talk with the person that uh, is against your solution, that's how you can improve your solution. And that's how we can um, go together through this path to solving the uh, the problems actually many problems that we are dealing with right now so what i would uh, advise to youth uh, is to uh, be bold still <laughs> be bold uh, and be um, and talk and have this really long really hard conversations sometimes try to you know knock on the doors and no one will open so knock on another and try to address the problem that in your opinion is important but also be wise 
and I think it's you have to find the golden proportion between both and uh, yes and, and try to remember about different aspects of the uh, of the problem sometimes you wouldn't only you wouldn't as one person you wouldn't see um, each side of the of the problem so have these conversations one more time and try to try to look at the other side try to change your mind and it's also perfectly fine to change your mind it's uh, natural um, natural way of thinking that's or, or of this um, maybe improvement of you as a person that you are changing your mind or uh, you are um, I don't know doubting a little bit yourself it's it's natural but try to um, try to have these uh, conversations and try to act it's it's the most important part I think yeah and that's profound that's profound uh, and uh just it, it just reminded me about this uh, uh swedish uh climate activist uh, Ju- uh not Jula, sorry <laughs> <laughs> british uh, it's called a uh, greta 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 or greta greta tumba yeah and uh, she has really uh, brought a very strong voice in 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 uh, speaking about uh, climate change and uh just letting uh everybody know that the youth are really a very uh, they have a very uh strong uh strong uh you know uh influence and and and, and uh, you know they change policy and so on and so forth and we need more people even uh, to speak about nuclear energy so as to uh, beat myths about nuclear energy and to just stand up for 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 science and nuclear uh, uh, to be specific and um maybe uh would uh, ask uh, uh what are the local initiatives if uh, there is any Uh, local initiatives like for example in Poland uh, that um, has worked so far and you are looking at uh, that if this is uh, what uh, other youths can do I mean uh, the whole world will transform uh, what are those initiatives and and the local uh, you know initiatives because uh, so far uh, I've seen stand up for nuclear are doing uh, the most so uh, what are others uh, maybe for example in Poland that uh, Uh, has worked so far uh, it depends how local you you are asking me because um and and you are asking about the initiatives for uh, nuclear yes or uh, for environment and climate in general um you can just mention uh, uh for nuclear energy okay so for example next week we are going to uh, to Hochevo, it's uh, the um, localization of our future nuclear power plant in Poland. Uh, so there will be a picnic there uh, because we, we want to support the um, locals who want the nuclear power plant in this Hochevo destination. Also, in Poland we have some uh, people that are against Uh, who are against uh, nuclear and they also will be there so maybe there there <laughs> that will be the possibility uh, to have this long uh, and hard conversation but uh, yes uh, actually this many protests and many um, you know many meetings um, 
uh, led us to the plan of having nuclear power plant in Poland uh, and, and the work will start soon, uh, hopefully. So, uh, yes, so somehow the um, society uh, in Poland is for nuclear, so we will have nuclear power plant in Poland. The government listens to, to the people, not in each case, but if you are um, if you are loud enough, they will they will listen or at least they uh, they will see the problem. And after uh, after many meetings, they somehow maybe uh, will agree with you. So uh, so that's uh, that's our way of uh, yeah of supporting nuclear uh, power in Poland, and hopefully uh, it will be like that. Um, in some more destinations. Yeah, uh, what about the nuclear power plants in Poland? I you know I just know uh, Poland is going to have uh, its first SMR, is it the first? Yeah, SMR, uh, mm. a nuclear power, a commercial nuclear power, a uh, small modular reactor, I think by 2027. So I, I don't know, uh, what are the plans uh, for Poland and nuclear? Uh, to be honest, these SMR plans, uh, I, I don't know, because it, it was a really weird situation uh, because they, there weren't any, uh, you know, any meetings with the local people before they announced that we will have that. And it was a little bit surprising, for, even for us, even for people that um, are for nuclear power. Uh, we will see, SMRs are a hard topic because uh, we have the technology but not for the scale that we would like to have it so uh, we i think we would have to wait a little bit longer than till uh, 2027 for that uh, but maybe not I, I will keep my fingers crossed for that we will see uh, and uh, in terms of um, like big nuclear power plants we will have one uh, hopefully uh, by the sea and we want to build um, more but we we don't have the the specific destination yet and uh, still there is a long way to go because we have to talk with the locals as i i'm saying we but uh, <laughs> it's it's about the government so i'm uh, Yes. As Poland. Yes, as Poland. 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 <laughs> you as Poland, uh, Polish people. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah. the government would have to have these conversations and meeting with local people, and after that, uh, we will see if they would start any serious moves towards the second destination. But for now, we are working on the first one by the sea, um, on the north in, in the North Poland. Uh -huh, indeed and and um, um, uh, maybe I can just ask about uh, something uh, 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 about uh, the mangrove uh, I don't know if uh, because I know I know Kenya there are mangrove uh, mangroves uh, along the, uh, the coast so uh, people even actually the, the, the people who live around there they want uh, that nuclear power should not be put uh, near uh, those mangroves and um, for us we know better that uh, actually it is um, no it's gonna not going to affect um, much of the of the area when you look at uh, environmental economics uh, environmental economics uh, you find out that um, you know 
just a little part of it i will uh, maybe it, it, uh, it will have a little effect but not much of the effect so according to you and uh, just to beat me about the mangroves and the people living and and, and uh, the construction that can continue and uh, near a nuclear and uh, near uh, the ocean uh, what can you uh, uh, say about that Uh, mangroves are really uh, interesting and uh, important ecosystem because they uh, storage carbon and they um, create the space for um, many um, sea animals like small fish they can live there without the danger uh, of be- being eaten um, so um, And not only for fish, but for many different organisms. So uh, it's a really interesting and important ecosystem, as I mentioned previously. And uh, I think that uh, the best possibility of having a nuclear power plant on the coast is to find a place where uh, where there are no mangroves, to be honest. Because, uh, yeah, we have to... Uh, liberate this nature yes so uh, so we have to try to not destroy if it's possible and if not if it's not possible we have to count the um, the impact for the environment before building each nuclear power plant um, in poland or anywhere else you have to um, do this environmental impact assessment and um, think about the um, the pros and cons of the uh, investment so um, so yes I, i would advise to but I, i am not the i haven't been there so i haven't seen the land and i haven't seen the mangroves but um, uh, i uh, i would uh, recommend to think about pros and cons about, and about different destinations because it's also possible to you know change the destination if Uh, the environment is really um, uh, in the first destination is really uh, important or the ecosystem is really important so uh, maybe like that and also we have to remember that um, nuclear power plants can also be built in um, you know places where tourists uh, are because it can uh, higher the value of the uh, of the region of the touristic region by bringing the tourists that would like to see the nuclear power plant because it's um, you know it's amazing thing so uh, so there are examples of this uh, nuclear tourism in general so maybe maybe that's the the idea uh-huh. and uh, one thing also like for example on the planet africa uh, we are uh, we um, we have uh, a said an essay Uh, essay whereby university students write uh, the essay and the winner will uh, have the opportunity to also tour uh, an operational nuclear facility maybe of course in, in, in Africa we only have uh, in Kobak uh, which is in South Africa so and uh, other of course nuclear facilities um, I mean it's been said already So uh, it, it's a nuclear power. Actually, it's um, a one way also to uh, em, em, embrace ecotourism and uh, just letting people uh, to uh, understand, uh, no, to 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 get into nature and uh, look at um, the nuclear power facility and uh, how it's connected to uh, the ecosystem around. So it's really, really, really um, uh, something. Um, 
Oh, great. And um, maybe uh, one uh, as we are concluding, um, as we are concluding, because I, I think we can talk the whole day. Yeah. So, but um, as scientists and environmentalists, actually, um, through activism, uh, through activism, being a scientist and environmentalist, uh, how do you how do we address a nuclear nuclear waste uh, nuclear waste to those who are incorrigible concerning the same? Uh, because uh, even the leaders they might want to understand and to know um, what about the West. I've, I've been asking this question, of course, and uh, maybe uh, just to get your perception also. So, uh, how can you tell those who are incorrigible concerning the same uh, about uh, to address this um, uh, this matter? Uh, okay, so um, first of all, uh, we have to remember that. Um, the nuclear the fuel for nuclear reactors can be used in cycles it's it's not like the the coal for example that you put into the um, into the power plant then you burn and you have the waste uh, in uh, and the waste is actually carbon dioxide and the waste from uh, from burning but uh, you cannot use it anymore um, in terms of nuclear power, you can use it in cycles and uh, you can reuse it, actually. So it's uh, uh, the perfect example of recycling. Uh, and afterwards, you can storage it uh, for a really long time. For example, in Okiwoto in Finland, there is uh, this final storage for the nuclear fuel. Um, but... And the uh, people that are against uh, nuclear power, they are always showing the numbers of the weight of nuclear waste. And it's because the nuclear waste is really heavy, but uh, in, uh, it's, it's not so big. You have to think about uh, the nuclear waste, um, how big it is and not how heavy it is. So it can look scary that it's uh, it's really heavy. So we instantly imagine like this really big amount, huge amount of, of nuclear waste, and we are scared. And that's the um, that's the goal of some people that are against the the nuclear power. Maybe not not the goal. Sometimes they just don't know, and they just uh, you know they are just re. They, they, they are sending the um, fake news further and further and that's how um, how it works but sometimes they want to scare us so I would recommend to think about the um, about how big the nuclear waste is and not how heavy and uh, to think how many cycles of um, of the fuel we can um, uh, we can use uh, the fuel in how many cycles so so uh, it's really important to uh, think about the nuclear waste that way and that we have te- technology to storage it for a really really long time without causing um, impact for the environment so yes i think i think we have the solution for that and um, and the people that are scaring us with the nuclear waste are just wanting to they, they just want to uh, scare us uh-huh, indeed yeah uh, and i think uh, that uh, really really uh, concludes our no not concludes actually but uh, 
it's really been a very 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 great, uh, great conversation and i would like uh, that you give uh, just one conclusion of all the matters that we've spoken so you can just uh, let uh, you know like in a few sentences i just uh, conclude the whole matter yeah so first of all i would like to um I would like you to remember that uh, we are dealing with a global crisis right now and it's um, biodiversity loss, it's climate change and many more smaller crises on the way. But we have uh, the knowledge that what, about what is happening and we have to use that knowledge to find the solutions and some of the solutions are in front of us for example, nuclear power in terms of decarbonizing the uh, energy system uh, or energy sector. Uh, and some of them we have to um, discuss a little bit further or we have to invent a new technology. But still, we have um, quite big brains <laughs> as uh, humans and we can think on that and we, we shouldn't be scared of technology. We should um, try to find different ways. If one way isn't working, we have to find another. And somehow, if we will work together beyond the borders, we, I believe that, I, I genuinely believe that we will find um, the solution to each problem that we are dealing with right now. Yeah. Well, um, that concludes our podcast today. And it's really been a very, very, very great conversation with you, uh, Miss Jula. And um, looking forward to uh, uh, having more conversations. So thank you so, so much for being in this podcast today. Also, thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you. Nuclear Energy is the better podcast. Yay.